it feels a bit at times like a sinking ship. You know, if you know you're spending more outgoings and incomings and then also you've got big bills coming up, it just gives you that sense of angst and, you know, it'll be nice to eradicate that. We're back with our homework. (laughs) Yeah, what's that again? (laughs) It feels like we're back at school sometimes, doesn't it, with our teacher fish. The old Sunday panic. (laughs) Project's due tomorrow, Monday morning. Oh, dear. Have you done your homework? Uh, We'll see. No, you did. Well, kind of. If you're following our journey as first-time parents, we're back with season three. And this season is sponsored by Kitchen Language. If you haven't stalked them, jump online, kitchenlanguage.com.au. Simone is a sweary bitch. She's created all this fucking really funny merchandise. Uh, And it's Kitchen Language, cheekiness, not for the faint-hearted. Obviously, you've got to be 18 plus because she's so rude and inappropriate, but we love it. We love it. That's what I was just thinking. Oh, the tea towel I was looking at just now. You see it next Tuesday. Oh, and then it has moist in it. You moist. We're talking about cakes. (laughs) Moist towelette. Uh, Anyway, if you want to go stalk, she has a brilliant sense of humour. She even has a see you next Tuesday of the week on her Instagram. You know, this session today is sponsored by Simone and Kitchen Language. If you use the code LOVE, you will get free shipping. So jump on board, stalk them below. We'll chuck it in the show notes. But let's get back to our homework. Here we are, catching you up to speed. We've been seeing a communication coach. We had our first session the other day and he set us some homework, didn't he, babe? He did. And it took me a bit for me to get my head around how to interpret the questions and how to put them into answers. It was, I don't know, it really did. I don't know if I was overthinking it, but I think I got there at the end. Okay, so for those who are playing along and, you know, actually starting to do the work on their own relationships post-baby, we are going to replay right now our homework with Fish and then how we interpret it and the visions of our relationships. Have a listen. And so your homework will be just kind of tune in a bit more, give yourself half an hour just to kind of sit with that and really see if you can stand in this imagining a way forwards, like not how to get there, because I'm going to show you that. We haven't even begun that. Just what your beautiful heart yearns to feel and what you want her to feel in this incredible love that you are sharing and getting more skillful at communicating. And then what does your heart yearn for that person, sibling, parent, child, lover, whoever, what do you yearn for their heart to feel? Because you will find if you really listen into that voice, you will find that you want other people to feel magnificent things. The second piece of homework that I'll set you and maybe your listeners, if you want to take this challenge, is go back and listen to the symptoms of the conflict mind, which just to recap are feeling strong emotions, resisting, which is like should and shouldn't, right and wrong, blaming, defending, being right, feeling wronged, risking our identity, which sounds like I'm not someone who, avoiding or being unwilling. Print out the language of the conflict mind that I send you or find somewhere to keep a record of that and just notice where you see that in you, where you see it in them, and particularly where you see it all over the planet, because if we've ever lived in a world of conflict mind, it's now. 
Were you able to observe any of the symptoms of the conflict mind, either in yourself, in each other, or out there in the world? Because they're everywhere. You want to go first? Um, I mean, yeah, definitely. But I, I feel like, I mean, between us, I think it's been pretty content of late. I don't know. Like, uh, I think we sort of touched base last time that we were starting to get back into a, a good position where probably the last prior six, 12 months or so, you have these conflicts coming up more often and you fall yeah. into those categories quite heavily, quite quickly. But yeah. I do feel like between us, it seems to be a little bit more at bay. Of course, they do come to light, but um, probably not as deep as that um, old feeling you would have. So, but yeah. the today thing is quite interesting that, like you said, if you look at something on Facebook, there's always a, a narrative or there's always something behind it and you're like, oh, I never really thought about it that way. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a great place. Face, Facebook comments section is a great place to see all of those symptoms exhibited. Mm. And, you know, the thing is that no one intends to go in exhibiting those symptoms. It's just the, the mind goes there. As soon as something happens to elicit our reactivity, we're there. No one chooses it. Mm. We never choose to be in conflict mind mode. It's just how reality shows up as soon as something happens that we didn't want to happen. Yeah. yeah. Heidi, anywhere, anywhere in your life? Um, I probably notice it, like I notice working with clients and stuff like that, like their thoughts and how things come up for them. Um, I definitely am very self-aware, so I do notice a lot of the stuff that comes up for me. And there was just an example just before we pressed play in coming to, you know, our session with you was so you know this is not this not me whinging about the story but just giving you context <laughs> so I haven't been able to sleep recently I was up pretty late last night till 1am and like I get really quite angry when I if I haven't had much sleep like I'm very short and you know it was it was funny how I kept my content like myself contained all day and then as soon as Griffo came home I was starting to feel like you know my tank was getting lower and lower like I'd given it to everyone else all day and it was just the thing that he said, didn't say what I wanted to hear. And so my brain yeah. automatically went into like just being um, a bit angry with him. And like, you know, I didn't actually fly off the handle or anything, but I picked myself up on my tone and everything that I was like projecting it onto him just because he didn't say what in my head I expected him to say. And what he said was yeah. perfectly fine. <laughs> but in my head, it was like that tiredness and that reactiveness was looking for a way to, like, get out the anger. Yeah, yeah, of course, because it created some reaction in you, some emotional reaction in you, and then and then the mind was off. Yeah. Why can't you just, or why can't you see that? Or, yeah. Beautiful. And, you know, this is a really beautiful point to pick up on the fact that, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if, everyone in our lives just was able to do a bit better and a bit less shitty all the time for us wouldn't it be amazing because it would just make our interactions with them amazing like you know yeah. if that person could be a little bit more thoughtful that person could be a little bit less controlling that person you know it'd be amazing amazing so I totally agree that that would be a great thing and my coaching doesn't focus even for one single second around what someone else should do because we have no agency there. Have you noticed? Mm, yeah. So in my coaching of each of you and in what listeners detect in, in these podcasts, it will always be focused on what can I do 
to shift the environment between us, which some people initially hear as you're telling me it's all my fault, but there's Mm -hmm. a great distinction between fault and responsibility. So we're just working our ability to respond, our responsibility in moments where some upset has shown up because you can't ever make someone think or feel or do or say any differently. We can never make that happen. We can we can plead with them, we can beg, we can threaten, but we've never got agency in the existence of another. And we have full agency over here in ourselves. I asked the question, what would you like to feel more and what would you like to be find yourself thinking more in relationship with them? And I asked you, I asked you to think, what would you love to leave them feeling more of and them thinking more of? And it's an unusual question, but mm-hmm. unless we start to get clued into some bigger commitment for us and them, then we'll tend to be locked in the smaller commitment of just being right in a situation and unwittingly creating conflict. Did you put any thought into what you would like yourselves and each other to be feeling and thinking in a relationship? It was just to get even more magnificent than it is. Yeah, so we did it separately. Yeah. Um, that were we supposed to do that? I don't know. And it was... Yeah, it- Totally. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, oh, you, you can go. Yeah, I certainly struggled a bit, I just to get my head around because as we touched on it um, last week, it was certainly, it's just something that I don't really think about yeah. in the moments of it, but when you stop and really dive into it, it certainly isn't something that came um, firsthand to me and then also just getting the understanding of the question. I, I don't know. I got myself in all sorts of tangles, so I hope I've done all right. <laughs> It's good. It's good that you, you're you upfront about that because, you know, when I ask that question to people to start with, people like, I don't even know, really understand the question. Yeah, We're really just trying to simplify it to say, what does your heart want for you and them? Mm. And do, do I want these, these cycles of argument? Do I want to leave them feeling misunderstood as often as I do? Do I want to feel like I can't speak to them about some important things? Or do I want a sense of mutual understanding and unity and really being understood and do I want to leave myself thinking, holy shit, things have shifted in the last six months, you know? So there's no wrong way to do it. Let's see what you came up with. So I listened to our wedding songs when I did it. (laughs) Um, But I said I want to lead us away from you feeling like what you're doing is never enough and we need to fix everything. And then I want to lead us towards you being able to feel like you're home when we're together, you're safe and not being nagged and you're being able to feel like yourself and that that is enough. Mm, So a sense of Griffo is just having a sense of I'm enough, there's nothing wrong here, the nagging has ceased, I I feel kind of emotionally safe to just be me without, without having this message of like somehow I've screwed things up again or I've failed again or I'm not winning at loving my woman beautiful love that and for yourself Heidi so I had those top two you feeling you being able to feel then I went into you thinking and then me feeling and me thinking I wrote for me I want to lead us away from me feeling not seen heard and um dismiss or desire desired I mean I want to so yeah I want to feel like lead us away from not feeling those things I want to lead us towards me being able to feel safe seen heard supported desired like you really want to rip my clothes off you really want me to 
you know, make me feel special. Like we used to when, you know, we first got together, like love notes, messages, surprises, dates. Like I just want to feel special. Yeah, beautiful. Desired, wanted, understood, special. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Anything anything that you were able to feel into? And I, I acknowledge it's an unusual question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think when we go into mine, some of it will come out for that, for me to want Heidi to feel that, you know. Um, I think there's always room that you can be better in that area. I don't think it's ever going to be perfect and that's not where you desire to be perfect, but I think there's always areas uh, within a relationship that can be better and I know those are areas I could probably be better at to try and fulfil that need and want. Got it. So what? So ultimately, what do you? What would you love to leave your woman feeling and thinking? Feeling, I guess, yeah, desired. Um, well, I think, I mean, whether I go into mine because there's one here. Um, for instance, for me, um, well, for that first one, I want to lead us. Um, I want to lead us away from you feeling not loved uh, enough, safe, and protected. Yeah. And I want to lead uh, us towards you feeling supported in everything you do. I have your back and love you unconditionally. Mm. Beautiful. Lovely. And for yourself? Uh, For myself, I want to lead us away. uh, Where are we? I want to lead us away from me feeling the constant pressures of money and financial stress. I was like, I don't know if that's right, but uh, like it's us, but it's, I guess, a part of us. And then uh, I want to lead us uh, towards being able to feel financially safe, comfortable, and less concerns, angst against money. Got it. Beautiful. And so if money was not an issue, let's dive a little bit more into the emotion of that. What would it be like if you were free of financial pressures? What what does your heart actually yearn to feel that being financially more, less under pressure might afford you? What's the feeling underneath that? I think it just consumes a bit of my mind and it has for quite some time. Um, so it might not allow me to let other feelings come on board because they, that, that's, I suppose you can only have so many emotions and it just does absorb, um, it does take up a bit of my brain space, so to speak. So that might allow me to maybe free up things to maybe be more, you know, favorable of Heidi to, to be there more, maybe more. Um, I think I said to be more present. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So I long to feel more present, more open, more at ease, more yeah. free. Yeah. Beautiful. And I guess money generally does cause a bit of stress within yourself or relationships. So if that was to be gone, then that would, you know, just be, you know, one less thing to have to worry about. And it's a, a fairly big thing in, in my um, in my mind that yeah. I feel. Yeah, and in the couples that I work with, conversations around money tend to be pretty difficult because it's kind of feels high risk and it's very easy for us to suddenly be with opposing views because the pressure kind of creates opposition. So as you know, this is a relationship series and it has been sponsored by kitchenlanguage.com.au. If you jump on, stalk them on Instagram or jump on their website, kitchenlanguage.com.au, you will get free shipping. Promo code is love. And one of the things that we're uncovering as we're doing this relationship series and you've got a front row seat into our relationship therapy sessions, sometimes it's the small things that really get under your skin. 
Yes, that like, is true. Like <laughs> when your partner doesn't do the dishes or they leave them in the sink. You're saying it like I'm the one that doesn't do it. Hence why I threw you a towel the other day and what did it say? <laughs> Clean the fuck up. Yep. Or <laughs> do the dishes, dick. <laughs> All their products are super affordable. Uh, the tea towels start at $25. The aprons, $39. Greeting cards are just $5 and they can come up with sweary cards for all different occasions. So jump online, kitchenlanguage.com.au. Amazing. Amazing. So kind of keep keep that notion that you're building, you're growing a vision for your relationship. Keep that on the back burner because in the heat of the moment in our conflicts, for us to be able to take a moment to pause and just say, I know that right now we're in the thick of it with each other, like we're really upset and angry with each other and both of us are feeling quite hurt and I'm committed to leading us somewhere where we both feel really understood. And I know that's not here right now, but I promise you that's what I'm committed to with you. Can you feel how that becomes a bit of a circuit breaker? Mm. I'm wrapping our upset in my commitment to mutual understanding. Yeah. So you were like having a fight or whatever, or you were, it was getting quite intense. Like you said, the example of you being on the phone to your ex-wife. So then it would me being going like, okay, am I having, you know, just reminding myself of what I wrote here and what I want us to feel as being like the higher purpose rather than what's going on right now. Yeah. And just acknowledge that this is not what I'm committed to. This fight right now where you're feeling really misunderstood by me, this is not ultimately what I'm committed to. So, you know, you can count on me to be interested in something much better than this fight right now. (laughs) And so maybe I'll just can listen a bit more. Maybe we can take five minutes. Maybe we can come back to this tomorrow because I'm committed to you and me both feeling really understood in this. And and that's not, doesn't seem to be happening right now. So what could we do? Can you hear how? I'm I'm the champion of goodness between us. Yeah. And why that's if why that's distinct is because normally if we're locked in a fight dynamic, if you and me are arguing, my biggest commitment in the heat of the moment is to not be made wrong by you. That's my unconscious commitment is to be right and not to be wrong. Yeah. And so we're actually creating a bigger conscious commitment to say I'm going to let go of the notion of fighting about right and wrong because actually what I'm really committed to is that you and I get understood yes okay cool bigger bigger conscious commitment to mutual understanding instead of the unconscious commitment to winning the argument (laughs) so what do you think (laughs) (laughs) well I guess for me what I kind of really wanted to focus on is I knew that you worried about money, but I didn't know, like I felt, I guess I was a bit disappointed in your answer. Yeah, well, this is where I feel like my, the homework, I was like, I'm not sure if I've done it 100% right because you can use the homework and use it in a lot of different places. And this was just one thing that I guess resonated with me, but there's also other areas about more about the love side. Um, that we could have gone down that path. But this was just what came to mind at the time. And, yeah, like it is a big stress of mine and it's something that does consume a hell of a lot of my um, brain space, you know. 
Yeah. And so I really, like, I felt disappointed because I wanted, like, you know, there was me saying, like, I want you to feel like you don't have to change, that I don't have to fix things, like, because I know that I have that. It's like I'm in a pressure cooker sometimes with the way that my mind works and how I am. And, you know, people probably feel the intensity in this podcast sometimes, you know. That's just what I'm like. And so I felt like, you know, I was listening to our wedding songs when I was writing ours and, like, really feeling this feeling of like how I want our relation to be in the future. And then you came in and you talked about like money worries and the stress and it felt like it, like I was disappointed, but then on reflection and listening to it, I thought what you said was really insightful for me. Mature is probably the word. (laughs) No, like because I really didn't, but just even how you said like, Money is so, you're so worried about money that you can't actually be present with me and you, you're constantly thinking about that. So I guess... Yeah, like it's not like you can't physically be present, but I think what I was saying is because it does consume a lot of your brain, you do maybe not be as present or you could be more present if there was less of a worry. Now, whether it's a, a bit of a made-up worry or something that was ingrained to me, or it's a legit worry because we do have money concerns, <laughs> um, I think it does consume and it's not like it's sitting there on my mind 24-7 every time we talk to each other or hang out. But, you know, there are times throughout the day where it will consume you and it might just put you in a bit of a, a down mood or a bit of a like, oh, fuck, you know, I've got that bill to pay or something. So that in itself is just going to be consuming. So then you might not be the best because, you know, sometimes these thoughts do sort of go round and round and might put you in a shit mood you know it's like if someone gave you the shit at work today you come home and you're still you're in a stink from someone else's putting their crap onto you so I think there's times where I might do that within our relationship because of these um negative thoughts towards money how do it like I guess like for me what I want to understand because like I said I felt like my initial response was disappointment but then I was like oh I I really feel for you like, do you know what I mean? Like, that must suck because, like, I have other thoughts that consume my brain, <laughs> you know. My worries are different, but I guess yeah. I kind of just wanted to see, like, how it felt. Like, how does it actually feel? Like, do you feel scared? Like, I know deep down, and, and as you always say, you know, I know deep down we're going to be fine, but I think being, and this is a bit broad, but I guess being a male, it is one of those things that is probably a bit instilled in you of, you know, you are the protector, you are the one that needs to provide. Um, I do handle most of our finances, so I see the coming in, the going out, and you can see when things aren't as um, as good as you would like them to see, uh, as much as you would like them to be, you know. Well, you, the last six months of last year, I stopped my business and I pu- published my book. I went on, you know, and did all these things and I was dipping, I've been dipping into savings and, you know, we have a few mortgages and like, you know, this is the thing, the mortgage, the interest rates, like, and I hate that, like, you know, this but has become a reality. conversation on a yeah. podcast, but yeah. it's, that's why I was like, for me, like, I, I guess I just wanted to understand what what you were scared of because, like, I haven't walked in your shoes, so I don't know. And, like, I think that's, for me, like, I do think that's what a lot of people don't think about the men or the, you know, usually the person who's making the, the money, the provider. 
But it doesn't necessarily have to be the main provider no. as well. It could be, you know, let's say it could be the the dad or the, the husband or the female or the male, whoever at home that's not making the money is, is seeing money go down. So I guess you could say it's just a bit like a, it feels a bit at times like a sinking ship. You know, if you know you're spending more outgoings and incomings and then also you've got big bills coming up, it just gives you that sense of angst and it's not debilitating but it consumes energy and time out of your day and your brain space that you know, it'd be nice to eradicate that. And I think it's good to some degree because it keeps you in check because it sort of makes you go, you know, can I afford to buy this or can I not? Or I need to tighten the belt. Maybe I should do things a bit different or just not be so casual with my spending. So I guess it's good to a certain degree, but then also there's the other side of the the consuming and then what uh, knock-on effects that has with you, your relationship with money, your relationship with your partner, um, you know, it sort of rolls on from there. And I don't think it's causes so much grief that, you know, we're at our wits end with each other and where we're at. But, you know, it does cause us some tense conversations at times because, like you said, you're not always um, heavily involved with our finance where I feel like at times I've protected you and your thoughts are different to mine when it comes to money. So it's not saying that you should be doing better. It's just how you are. Whereas some of your thoughts that you have that take uh, space out of your um, time, uh, out of your brain, is that right? Well, um, that you fill know what my I'm brain. To say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but my worries, like that, fill I, I my brain. I would look at them and go, "Well, yeah, that's just a waste." So it's. And it's not <laughs> rightful for me to say I'm that worried about, like, the anxiety of, like, did I offend that person? And you know, worried. and I'm like, who gives a shit? They're a dickhead anyway. But it's funny and it's, it's, it's not one to put someone down for their worries because they are very real. Mm. It's, you know, you want to have that support of going, hey, what can we do to make that uh, feel less of a worry? Or how can we make more money or spend less money so that worry goes away? Or how can I support you with saying, you know, um, your worries, let's try and work through them together, you know. And I think we do do that. I think but like... it's validating people's worries because they are real in that person. I guess the big aha moment for me, and I get like a bit emotional thinking about it, is one of the times when we drifted was when I went into my business and all my needs were getting met in my business. Like, you know, I was getting all this validation. I was having fun. Like, you know, Memphis going to daycare, you were at work. And I was making really good money, like I was on the radio, but I was also keeping all the money in my business. I was outsourcing. I had team members. I, you know, I was putting all this money in there. And so, like I said, all my needs were being met over in, you know, over here in the business and yours weren't being met. Like one of your needs is to see money coming into the bank account. Whereas I've just got this whole other separate bank account that's like a business account that, you know, I use most of my spending from over there or whatever, but like... I felt like, I guess for me, one of the reasons why we drifted is because we weren't meeting each other's needs, but we didn't talk about it because we didn't know. Yeah. And like that to me really highlighted that the other night of like how we really, like the conversation around needs is so fucking important. Like a need for you is to see that my business is actually financially supporting our family as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think you go into business for a one, I think, to make a, an income and then two, and that could be very close or side by side, I think, to be successful and enjoyable, you know, because you can sit at home and make no money, right? But also there's the fulfilment of your job, which I think 
God, we spend more than half our year working. So you want to be fairly happy in what you do, right? Mm. And when you're doing something that's quite unique um, by owning your own business, I think you do have a quite a a nice attachment or a nice connection with the work that you do because you have pretty much tailored that, right? So that's really something sentimental to you and then you can be proud of it, you built it. So it's got that really nice... Um, um, feeling of like accomplishment, mm. you know. Um, so whereas then where I work, I've got a set wage or income. Um, so you know it's coming week in, week out, which is stability, which is great. Yes, a bit limited to trying to make more money, but at least you know you've got a good foundation, mm. you know. Um, and I think like this, like people are really feeling this right now. Like the well, we had I think ten in- interest increases in the last ten months or whatever it is, and um, yeah, like it's people have probably lived more comfortably prior to say COVID and coasting along quite well, and then it's a big shake up, and you do need to look at, at you know budgeting and going well. I can't live that style of life anymore because you know all that money that we were spending on top of our wage is now going to our friggin' mortgage. So you're just breaking even, if not going under. And we were lucky that we have savings and, you know, we've been able to do that. But I know for you, you need to feel like you want to have savings there, you know, like that's a comfort thing for you. But, like, I guess for me what really, like I said, just stood out was I didn't know how much it consumed your mind and, you know, I didn't realise, like, that it was a feeling that was making you not be able to feel like you're being the best partner, best husband, best dad, because you have been carrying this really heavy backpack. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I know deep down we'll be fine. It's just, it is consuming because you don't want to have to rejig your whole life because you didn't manage your finances well for your income incoming to your outgoing. And that is something, um, I think we all have to do it at some stage and hopefully at one day we don't because we've made enough money and it's... Uh, well, it's quite ironic, you know? isn't it, that, like, the we're doing this and then we're actually going to do a budget. Like, we did a budget, I think, a few years ago when I left radio and, you know, because, like, we, we have had investment houses and stuff like that and, you know, I don't, I've got one of my besties. She's like, you don't even fucking need an investment house to have a budget. She's like, you should be all budgeting like this is Mel, Agreed. my bestie. Yeah. And I'm like, isn't it crazy that, you know, but this is, I think... I th- so relatable and that's why I wanted to talk about it. I'm avoidant of seeing money. So this was me, right? When I was a, in my 20s, I used to go to my bank account and I wouldn't even check to see. I would never want a receipt. No fucking receipt. No receipt. I would press that button because I didn't want to see how much money I didn't have in there <laughs> because it would give me anxiety. So I have constantly always avoided and I guess like been a bit irresponsible but it's because it made me feel sick, like, you know, it physically made me feel sick. Whereas then you're the other person who's, like, checks it every day, looks at it every day and, like... Oh, it still makes me feel sick. <laughs> so, so I'm not avoiding it. I'm, I'm, no, but you're, you know like... I mean? But they, they, like, because they say when you're manifesting and, like, I've been doing heaps of stuff around that spiritual side of manifesting money and, like, you know, aligning... Well, when money grows on trees, you <laughs> let me know. <laughs> But you have to, like, do you know what I mean? It's not just about money, but it's, like, letting go of these beliefs and, like, our parents, how they spoke about money, how they treat money. Oh, that's a whole other podcast for another day that I have to get someone on. I'm Actually, I'm going to do that. Let's get a fucking 
podcast, like let's get an expert on who speaks about money and finances and manifestation. So if you know someone, send us a message because I would not do it justice, kind of talk about like energy's money and this well, and that. Like, to me, I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's good to be positive in that space, but at the same time, when you can see X coming in and Y going out and Y is more than X. But it's that's not just, pass I know, toll. but it's not just about that's, that. that that's, that's nuts and bolts that's black and white. But there's also, they say like when you really fear something, then it continuously happens. So it's like building this relationship. You know, we watched The Secret together. Remember The Secret? Yeah, that was so weird. That was like. Babe, that that's literally, like, that's like no, it was the affirmation, the, no, like, the law of attraction. I know, I remember it. It's still not working. I'm still waiting. Yeah, but because you're not doing the work. Well, you've not been doing the work. I do some of it. No, we're wanting. We're going to w- go watch the Money Manifestation Masterclass tonight how instead of Married go, at First Sight. How about we just go and work and make money <laughs> like everyone else does? But this is the thing. Like this is like all work of the, makes money. Uh, see, and like I said, I feel like a bit um, woo woo when I start to well, go into this stuff. That's because you are <laughs> off the fairies. No, there's like so much about. Like there's so much research and science behind the law of attraction and the mindset work that we do around money. And that's why we're going to get someone on this show to actually talk about it. By the way, Heidi still waters her 20 cents out in the garden out the back (laughs) and not even a bean sprout coming from it. Would would you believe it? I actually have a, I write a note every single day on like I'm an international global speaker and author making millions and inspiring millions of people. Well, you do a lot of that already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just got to get. And Where's the millionaire part? Well, Come on. I said this today, but you've got to think as well. Like what are you, and this they talk about this too, like when you're in that that thought of lack, right? When you're like, oh, I'm not abundant. Oh, I've got all these bills. I've got, oh, these fucking mortgages. Like you're in this mindset of lack. But imagine if you kind of switched it and started thinking like, wow, look how abundant I am. Look at this house that I have. I have a job that I can pay these bills. I know it sounds fucking crazy. And like I said, I'm not going to do this topic justice. (laughs) I've probably got people like throwing shit at their radio or, you know. But this is the thing I do. I do actually stop and, you know, I think about my car that I really like, our house, our pool out the back. You know, I really do stop and appreciate it. And I'm, you know. Do you have like a gratitude practice? No, I just say to myself like, fucking, we we got it pretty good. And it's a feeling. Absolutely. And I I, I feel into that. I really do. Wow. I'm really proud of you. I still can't, (laughs) you know, when you know that your outgoings are more than your incomings, that's, like I said, it's a calculation. It's black and white. Yes, you can try and minimize it by budgeting, which we're going to do, but it's hard to eradicate knowing that you are in a sinking ship. Like you, you can't scoop out the water fast enough, you know, unless if you make more money or change your ways, you can be positive about it and you can keep going for as long as you can and hoping things change. Um, but, you know, actions need to be done with being positive about it as well because I totally get it if you're negative about it all the time then definitely you know that's not going to help the situation as well Mm. and like we have to say we hope that you know you're not triggered by that by saying like you know go fucking be positive and it's like you might not be able to fill your car up this week like do you know what I mean and I and I say that like with love because like everyone is going through their own journey right now and like for us this is you know where we're at and what we're working through and you know it's not 
just that toxic positivity, like you've got to be positive. It's like there is actually deep work. And like I said, I don't do it justice talking about this stuff, but like how they say how we can reprogram our minds and, you know, and that kind of stuff is a whole other topic, which I'm going to get maybe a manifestation mindset person on. Maybe you're like a billionaire that just gives us all like a, <laughs> Money. M- a few million each. <laughs> can you just pay everyone's fucking bills on this uh, podcast show, please? So thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Thanks for taking a front, you know, a front row seat into our relationship as we go into therapy with James Fish Gill, sharing about our relationship. I thought today was a really important conversation because I know that finances is what does split a lot of people up and for me to really see you and understand that that is a need that you need to have met is I think something that I've been dismissing and avoiding. Well, I appreciate that. And for everyone else out there that really are struggling because yes, we do have our financial stresses, but I know we're nowhere near some of the people out there. So for the ones that are really doing it tough, it's, um, you know, we think of you and I hope there's some good around the corner. Yeah, fucking if you're a bank, stop with all this shit. <laughs> yeah, start giving us money Oh, back. Jesus Christ. You've taken enough off us. Oh, well, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We have had incredible feedback on the podcast, um, especially after our first session with James Fish Gill. I'm going to drop in the show notes. You can actually go watch the entire session. It's 90 minutes. You can do the homework and everything for yourself. It'll be in the show notes. Next week, we will be back with our second session with him, um, which we'll dive deep into and like hear what's been going on with Griffo and I and go through, um, you know, some of the situations and, you know, really starting to understand and communicate. Because the thing that we keep hearing from people is it's the communication that is killing relationships and why people are ending up in divorce. So um, keep talking, people. Yeah. And Thank you to the people that reached out this week and shared their stories because it really means a lot to us. So we love you. Thanks so much for listening. And to kitchenlanguage.com.au, we love you, you sweary bitch, Simone. Thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast. If you want gifts for him and her with Kitchen Language, make sure you jump on board. They've got some really funny, funny stuff, flame and fucking legend aprons um, or just dickhead if you want to pass that over to Griffo. Yeah, you just dickhead. (laughs) Just a dickhead. Anyway, if you want free shipping, jump on, use the code LOVEKITCHENLANGUAGE.COM.AU. Don't forget to rate, review, send us a message. We love you. Bye.